Hey. Hey, you. Yeah, don't look behind you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated, and they try to sneak huge fees in at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, I'm going up to Dallas next month, meaning July, to try to check out some Rangers games. And you'd better believe I'm going to use SeatGeek. I used it for my trip in Detroit I told you guys about. Um, I've been recommending it to people left and right all across the country, to be honest. A couple friends in different spots been recommending it. My buddy is in New York, and he's going up to visit his family a little bit for the summer. And he, he and his dad are already mapping out where they, what they're going to go see uh, in terms of Mets games with SeatGeek. Honestly, it's the only place I use now. I used to use other places, I'll freely admit. The one that frequently gets mentioned here, StubHub. Stopped using it. It's not It's not necessary at this point because uh, SeatGeek's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Now, I remember when MLB.com first got this for their stadiums, and it was awesome. But I would, you know, be on the StubHub app or something, and then I'd have I buy the ticket or look at a section, then I go to the MLB site and have to kind of, you know, use their stadium view. Now it's all it's all in one with SeatGeek, and the grading is just color coding. So if you know a stoplight, green means go, red means halt. So if you see a red one in the section you want, maybe relax and try to find a green one because those are going to be the better price tickets uh, for their value. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you at the end with huge fees. Now, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get that $20 rebate, all you have to do is download the free SeatGeek app, go to Settings, and click Add Promo Code. Enter the promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. It's really easy. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Episode 366 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, July 17th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and being joined by Jason Collette live from the Detroit airport where the Tigers, well, they didn't do it at the airport, but the Detroit Tigers just hit a walk-off home run. Jared Saltomachia, two-run shot off Joakim uh, Soria while Wade Davis watched on in the bullpen. Jason, what's going on, man? Not much. I'm at 824, and I saw the baseball bouncing outside, so it, <laughs> was, crushed it was crushed. It. He absolutely smashed it. It was, it was gone immediately. Tyler Collins got on, and, and Salty, no doubt. No doubter. They take the series. Nice nice win there. I'm, I'm psyched. I'm geeked. Uh, this is actually take two because uh, Skype deleted itself, and few things infuriate me more about technology than Skype deleting itself. Sadly, it's not the first time it's happened. I have no idea why it happens. It just deletes itself in the middle of our call, and I have to restart, uh, reinstall it. I, 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 inexplicable stuff like that makes me irrationally angry. But 
you know what? Then the Tigers had a walk-off, and I kind of forgot about it. And we're getting going. So uh, we got plenty to talk about since the podcast last went off on Wednesday when Eno and I talked at an all-star wrap-up. We have had a big trade, a big signing, some big demotions, got some trade rumors, got a closer who was looking to be traded, now going on the DL. So we got plenty of stuff to talk about. But let's dive in with the biggest news since then, the Drew Pomeranz trade. He gets dealt over from San Diego to Boston in a one-for-one trade for Anderson Espinosa, a big prospect out of the Red Sox system. Probably their top pitching prospect was rated as highly as 19th by Baseball America on their top 100 coming into the year, uh, 39th by by uh, MLB.com, and 73rd by Baseball Prospectus. Uh, according to Baseball Reference, they put all three of those lists up there. And so, you know, checking in on, on all three lists as no worse than a top 75 pitching prospect. But let's start with Pomeranz because not only is this a move for the stretch run, but they have them through – uh, the next couple of years as well, 2017 and 2018. So this is a long-term move for Boston as much as it is for this year. But, of course, this year is what they're focused on. They have a couple guys that they can rely on. David Price is, you know, he has not been what they expected, but they're still relying on him heavily. Rick Porcello has been solid. Drew Pom- uh, excuse me, uh, Stephen Wright's been a godsend. And Drew Pomerantz really going to fill in uh, for that 4-5 spot there where they've gotten absolutely nothing. So even if you take his 247 and 106 uh, ERA and WHIP respectively, and and regress them for the American League, you're still likely going to get something that the Red Sox can use quite a bit. So I think this is a good move for them. I understand that you know going AL to NL, excuse me, NL to AL, along with moving into the AL beast is difficult, but he doesn't have to face the Red Sox. So you're talking about um, you know the Orioles and the Yankees and the Jays. You know, Jays are really tough, but the Orioles are not that good against lefties. Of course, on the other side of that, your Rays are actually pretty good against lefties, so they actually become a little bit of a tougher team for a lefty. But overall, I don't think he's going to collapse. I think he'll he'll, he'll regress a little bit, Drew Pomeranz will, but I think he's still going to be a solid asset. Let's talk about what he is in the AL and what you're looking to spend if you're in an AL-only league. So, uh Last night in my local league, he went for 36 bucks uh, in fab, and okay. that's something that at this time of year, 36 bucks you would consider is as a good chunk of what people have uh, left. Absolutely, you know, there's I'm I think I have 74 left, and uh, somebody else has 70. I wasn't even the high man. There's three of us that are 70 dollars or higher. One of the one of the unique rules about this particular league is if you fab a guy for 25 or more dollars. That becomes a two-year contract, and it ah. costs you twenty dollars. It costs you twenty dollars to buy out of it. Uh, the guy who bought him last night is last year's defending champ. Um, really looked good on paper this year, um, but that hasn't played out. And so, a, a team that should be running away with it is in third place, and he's like, you know what? I, I'll pay thirty-six bucks, and I'll pay the twenty-dollar break uh, break fee uh, to get the league <laughs> to get the league title. He desperately needs starting pitching, so this works out uh, well for him. Uh, just. It, as somebody, I would have. I don't even need starting pitching in this league. My thought was to grab him and flip him. I need more bats than anything else. Mm-hmm. But as we as we look at the, what Pomeranz, a couple of things that concern me, uh, just as a neutral party, is going to a tougher park. You mentioned it's still a tougher division. Uh, you know, the, the Jays hit lefties well. The mm-hmm. the Rays can do it. The Orioles, you know, just put them up against just about anybody. There's, you know, they they don't rate as high with like an OPS right. plus situation. But you're still not feeling great about sending anybody into Camden Yards with that right. power. So I, I get that Yankee as well. Stadium, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of things there. Um, then when we look at a couple of other things, you, 
he's done surprisingly well for himself. We talked about the workload increase uh, a couple of episodes ago uh, when I was on, and we uh, we went over a number of guys, and Pomeranz was one of the guys that we discussed mm-hmm. um, in there. But it, you know, then I went back and looked at C.J. Wilson the year that he went from the bullpen to the rotation. This is just one guy. This was in 2010, but C.J. Wilson had a hell of a second half for the Rangers, um, even though his workload had tripled from one year to the next. So, you know, I, you would assume it's part, part of a concern with uh, – with uh, with Pomeranz here, and uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think when we talk about new pitches, the cutter is new for him this year. He picked it up in the offseason, came out, and it's given him a, a third pinch, and then it's brought back his changeup because his changeup when he was a starter, you go look at the run values on that pitch, it's pretty much garbage. I mean, it was negative every year that he shelled it in 14, brought it back a little bit last year uh, in 15, and, and it was a neutral average pitch, but this year it's an above average pitch. So Eno's still not up. high on it, though. Um, but it, it's not complete garbage. I, I agree. It's I usable, agree. and he's and he's using it. Uh, and you look at his his righty lefty splits. He was always really good against lefties, but now his numbers against righties are really good again. And it's because you're not just sitting on fastball or breaking ball. He's got you thinking about four pitches. And even if the changeup is garbage, uh, if he does not high on it, rather uh, not that it's garbage, but at least it's something he has. So something if he's up in the count, yeah. expand the count, and 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 it and it's working for him clearly because again. Instead of just sitting fastball, curveball, you've got it, and you watch some of his advance, and you watch how that cutter just rides in on those righties. I mean, they're they're looking fastball in, and all of a sudden, here comes the cutter off your off your handle, or they're looking fastball, and all it's away, and it gets that late. And this is David Price does this uh, does this very well too here, and you know it, I know it, we've seen it. That looks like a fastball off the plate, and here comes that late movement. Mm-hmm. Boom! It gets the black, uh, and, and there you go. So I'm really curious to see all the how all of that plays up. Uh, with him, but he definitely should be a factor uh, the rest of the season. It's the move that Boston had to make. It's the move that Boston can afford to make because they have such a deep farm system. Um, and honestly, I don't think they're done either. I was going to say that. I I, re- I really don't. I think they could have a reunion soon with Rich Hill, who a lot of folks thought that they were going to be eyeing in the first place. I definitely do not think that this takes them out of that sweepstakes because I mentioned... Also, also the price they paid for letting Rich Hill walk. It, what, they should have just maybe signed him, huh? They had him four starts. They saw him better than anyone. And then yeah. they were like, oh, I'm going to let him go for $6 million, yeah, which let, is dropping the bucket. They just let and him, they you, let him now walk. Now you trade one guy to replace him. You may have to go get another guy to replace him. Let's not forget, as somebody pointed out to Twitter, it was when I made the comment, this is what you do when you, have to, when you let Rich Hill walk. You know, they also decided that Joe Kelly was better than Rich Hill and left Joe Kelly in the rotation. Yeah. When just about everybody was saying uh, that's a bullpen guy, um, and so that's you know sometimes you got to pay to fix your mistakes. Sometimes you got to pay doubly to fix your mistakes. They, well, they thought they thought that they had enough with Clay Buckholz, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Joe Kelly um, to go with Price Porcello. And actually, that's it because they they did not. Nobody thought that they were going to get this from from Stephen Wright. So nobody. it's not like. You know, they couldn't have still had Rich Hill there knowing that maybe, okay, maybe Hill's not going to last the whole year. We've seen him even get nicked up a little bit in Oakland. So there's really no reason that they shouldn't have uh, maybe made a run at him. I think that they could have really used Rich Hill. It's easy to say now, but I think even even before hindsight, you can make the case that they still should have had him even anticipating the fact that, okay, he probably doesn't last the whole year. Neither does Eduardo Rodriguez. Maybe they're a a super lefty that we have. And, of course, Rodriguez has been absolutely a nightmare. I could have told them Clay Suckholes is terrible. All they had to do was ring me up or listen to this podcast. Of course, Joe Kelly, 
he hasn't even been a bullpen arm this year. He's been a nightmare. So they got Price, Porcello, and Wright as a as a you know top three that they can rely on. Now they have Pomeranz. That still leaves a fifth spot, and I do think it'll be Rich Hill by or the way, somebody else. And by the way, I watched um, uh, Stephen Wright yesterday. Man, the knuckleball was just nasty. What he was what he was able to do it in that game right? uh, to the Yankees. It was unbelievable. Really, it just the the late movement. There was one particular one. Carlos Beltran has been you know over the last four to six weeks has looked excellent. Mm-hmm. And there was a knuckleball that came in that he swung a good six inches underneath. The ball just kept going above his bat six in six inches. I could have fit a good baseball and a half. <laughs> A baseball and a half between where the ball crossed and where his bat went through. It's been it he's just, been really good. Wow, uh, there's really no doubt that Stephen Wright, I think, is is very much a, a capable starter that they can continue to rely on, even if he's not quite at this peak. I think he'll have some some bumps here and there, the way any knuckleballer does. But I think he's you know no worse than a nice three and a half guy, three and a half ERA kind of guy with the spikes of being and and the composition of that three and a half won't be like somebody else's. I think it'll It'll be excellent, 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 terrible start, maybe. Excellent, excellent, six runs six or, uh, in six innings like he did against Texas recently. I think it'll be something like that instead of consistent, like six and four, six and four sort of deal. So I think that, uh, or six and three is what I meant to say. I think Stephen Wright's going to continue to be solid for them. They need Price to really come back to, to the levels that he's supposed to be at, though, because he had that little fix. That uh, that that Dustin Pedroia gave him it looked like it was sending him off to to be David Price that they paid for, but he's kind right. of back to sputtering a little bit, and so I don't know exactly what's going on with that for Price. But you know, you're talking about a 4.34 ERA, uh, 2.78 for Wright, 3.66 for Porcello. I think Pomeran's going to be kind of like Porcello, 3.66 ERA, 1.17 WHIP. You get a lot of good starts out of that. You know, you, you, you got a clunker every once in a while, but you get a lot of good starts. So if we're talking about a fab to get Drew Pomeranz in an AL only, are you saying, let's assume pitching is a, a moderate to severe need. Are you talking about 70% of your budget? Yeah, I'm, I'm, bid, I'm bidding aggressively. I'm he, going he's going to make... He's making his first start on Wednesday, um, which is going to put him on pace for a two-start um, two start week, the period after. Yes. Uh, and... And why wait around? So let's so that puts him. Let's see. Today is the 17th, so that means he's going to start Wednesday, the 20th, and then that gets him. That'll get him another start on the 25th and 31st, if I'm doing my math correctly. And assuming they don't need days off, why wait around for something that's going to happen on the trade deadline? The trade deadline, by the way, this year is August 1st. It's not July 31st, by the way. Todd Zola on the Roadwire podcast uh, that I did with him mentioned a great point there. That's a Monday. So anybody that comes over on, say, uh, Sunday, even that Sunday, most leagues will not allow them to be bid upon. So that Sunday, Monday, if there's more trading, you don't get them for the next week. So Pomeranz add in yet another week there. So you're talking four to five extra starts here, even mm-hmm. if he's not pro- Pomeranz proper, the guy that we've seen this year, the volume alone. I think makes him worth it. I'm not hitting around at all. If I need no. if I need pitching, I'm going super hard here. If I got zero dollar bids and pitching is my absolute biggest need, I am considering 90, uh, 90 plus percent of my remaining budget. That sort of thing here. I'm going very very aggressive. Not necessarily because I think, like I said, that he's going to be the the 100 percent the guy that he's been, but more because. 
I don't think much better is coming over. A lot of the good guys that can be moved are in the AL. Julio Tehran's probably the only guy that I can think of off the top of my head who might even come over to the AL. Right. And and so, you know, Drew Pomeranz for uh, four extra starts versus Tehran. I'm I'm all Drew Pomeranz there. So you got. Uh, I'm you gotta gonna go. I'm gonna go hard and heavy in a AL tout tonight because that that roster's falling apart. Between the injuries, losing Walker, uh, Carnes demotion, Kane's out yet back off the disabled list. You know, that that's going down. So I'm going to throw hard and heavy in the Pomeranz. I know I won't win them because other people have got more money, but it's always worth a shot. At least yep. make them pay. And you never know. You never know, by the way. that's You bring up a good point there uh, in, inadvertently. You never know, and I understand you can make assumptions, and you think that, okay, they're going to go for this. I see that this guy has money, and he needs it. You know, there's there's the fact that maybe they're planning for something else. There's the fact that, hey, sometimes, and this is not going to happen in Tout AL, but you never know. Maybe they just don't get to the to the bidding uh, in time, you know. Sometimes guys miss out on bidding. The, the guy that you thought was going to be the, the, the hammer doesn't bid and you're like wait what and he's like ah you know i was busy with the kids i didn't even get that's a yeah. rare instance i admit but don't take the night off because you're like i can't get them put in your bid and see what happens and take it from there something just happened to Jan gomes here that's why i just saw jensen lewis treat uh, tweet oh no and uh, but there's no context to it i'm not watching he got anything. uh so they it was a, it was kind of an errant throw on just a ground out a 5-3 ground out and it took the yeah. first baseman's arm into the into the lane a little bit so gomes had to kind of make an awkward leap over his glove and landed uh, very awkwardly on first base doesn't look yeah. good he's grabbing his knee writhing around again uh, i remember he was yes remember he was the uh he was trying to what, leg out something stretch out when he heard his and then he was the one who got slid into his leg yep. Yep, it, it it doesn't look good here, and um, you know obviously they were having issues with him as it as it already was with with the hitting this year has not been very good for Gomes, so they were already ripe to maybe make a move. Uh, this could expedite that, and I don't you know just want to immediately jump to the ramifications of a potential injury, but he looks extremely uh, in, in in extreme pain. I should say does not look good at all for Jan Gomes. We'll stay tuned. To that for Cleveland, that's a bummer, man. He was trying to work out of his funk. I don't know if you saw this on on MLB. They were doing a a ritual. They sacrificed a chicken yesterday to try to get him out of his 0 for 21, and it worked. He was one for one today uh, prior to this at bat. And so, why do we still have have these rock hard bases for, uh, around the bases? By the way, I don't know. I really don't know because yeah. Why? What? What? What made? What constituted going from the the soft bags? You go back and look at the pictures of baseball back in the day, and it was something softer. And now we've got these rock hard plastic things, or not pla- whatever they are, but they're you step on them. They create a lot of easy. problems. They create a, yeah. a lot of problems when people land awkwardly on them. You'd think that the technology might improve there to where we could make it so it would it'd be a softer landing it, because we've this is not the first time we've seen somebody have to step awkwardly on it and 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 have Tim a situation Hudson. like this. So let's hope that Tim Gomes Hudson. is all right. But I doubt Remember it. Remember that? Uh, Tim Hudson happened to him. Tim Hudson. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the the Eric Young thing that was that was a nightmare. Um so we'll see here. I don't even I'm trying to figure out what they're doing. I can't really tell. And more more as more if it comes while we're on the air here. Let's briefly talk Anderson Espinosa, who was in the second part of this Drew Pomeranz deal. He's a big prospect, and I think a lot of uh, Red Sox fans were ready to jump off the ledge because he is a big prospect. But for me, I'm looking at an 18-year-old who's not really done any. I mean, he had a great year last year. Like, I like him. He's a 
pitching prospect. I'm not, I'm not to diminish what he is. But I think we just need to take a dose of reality here and say he's an 18-year-old who is, you know, 6'1", 170, not some some huge stud. I think there's plenty working against him here that means to suggest that he's not a surefire automatic. First off, nobody is. You know, the best pitching prospect in the game. They're wrapping up his arm, by the way, so I I don't know what's going on here with Gomes. He was writhing and grabbing his knee. But, yeah, now they're grabbing something with his arm or, or elbow, so... TVD on that. But, you know, even Lucas Giolito, who is the, regarded as the best pitching prospect in the game, or at least very much one of them, is far from a sure thing. So you take somebody like Anderson Espinosa, who's 18 and slight, throws super hard. I think he's very far from a sure thing. For two plus years of Drew Pomeranz, I didn't think it was that bad of a deal. What, 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 do, you, what do you think about Anderson Espinosa? You know, all these kids, it's the same thing, advice when people are asking, hey, should I give up this guy? What should I do? It's, I mean, with all these kids, they're all lotto tickets. Uh, you, you don't know how any of this stuff is going to work out. I'm tired of, you know, oh, God, this guy's been ranked this. This guy's been ranked this. Yeah. I have to hold on to him. Uh, no, I, this is I, this is a deal that I think both sides both sides make. Um, and, you know, getting back to my earlier point, Boston's got the depth to do this. In San Diego, this is how they stay. This is how they stay current. You look at the, the, what's going to happen with Pomeranz and his contract. You're like, okay, maybe we're, maybe we do cash high. Maybe this could swing out one way for him. Uh, you know, baseball America had him as, as their 15th overall prospect in the mid season. Keith law had him at 14. Um, so obviously this is a, you were saying earlier, a top 20 guy. Uh, so two, two different, uh, well-respected folks have him ranked that highly, mm-hmm. so it's 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 good stuff. And this, it's in a keeper NL keeper league. I'm gonna play the lotto ticket. I'll scratch it off and see what happens. Sure. If I'm if in that kind of format and see what what I can do out of it, uh, but the 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 range of outcomes could go all over the place. It, yeah, he's so far away that uh, Anderson Espinosa Anderson couldn't be further from a sure thing right now. And I agree with you that, you know, it's a lot of take it. And it's a win-win deal. And by the way, last update here on Gomes, it's his shoulder. Uh, he's grabbing his knee, but he landed and, and, and something is messed up with his shoulder. They're really focused on that aspect of it. So hopefully he's all right, but at least it's not a recurrence of, of knee lower half injuries because he did have some injuries there. So I don't know if it's better that it's a potentially new injury, but hopefully either way it, it didn't look good. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we get better news there, but right now not looking so good for Jan Gomes, but yeah, back, back to the wrapping up the, the, the trade here. I think it's a win-win deal. Really like it for both clubs. Dombrowski was getting him. Oh, he always trades prospects, but, and, and it, and it often works. Yes, he trades them a lot, and he's had some some bummers the way anybody, any GM does. I just didn't see this as an automatic loss for him. And I don't think he's going to completely liquidate that system. But he does have a very deep system to play with to try to bring home the title. And I think he's going to continue to try. I don't think he's going to trade everyone uh, that's not nailed down there. But I think we'll see some other big moves pot- uh, potentially done here with Boston. Let's move on to another big move that was probably a bigger shock than this one because nothing shocking about Boston getting pitching. It just might not have been the name that we expected. Um, This was a shock because the one thing that people were talking about, especially after his big futures game, was Alex Bregman, Alex Bregman, Alex Bregman. I tell you what, every chat I have, I get nine questions about Alex Bregman before I even open the chat. Like They're already in the queue about when is he coming up. And I get it. He's been a monster. 
Um, you know, he, he killed it in double A, went up to triple A and has been even better. Had the big futures game, like I mentioned, flirted with some third base down in trip uh, in double A, which really intrigued folks because he was moved off a shortstop there, but hasn't played anything but shortstop in triple A. And, and obviously he's not going to take Carlos Correa's job. You still kind of saw a path, though, move Luis Balbuena to first, A.J. Reed to D.H., and then you can get Bregman in up, up at third. But it's not happening that way because, or at least not anytime soon, I don't think, because they signed Yulieski Gurriel, who's the 32-year-old uh, Cuban, one of the two brothers there. He's obviously the older version, the more established guy who they believe will only need about 50 plate appearances down in the minors before he can come up and maybe do some damage. I mean, he played as recently as last year, crushed it in about 50 games. This is an interesting signing here. Five-year, 47.5 mil. I'm I'm really intrigued by this. I think he's somebody who could be with the club in a couple weeks. You know, 50 plate appearances comes up like that. If he's raking down in the minors, he's going to be up right around the trade. It's almost going to be like a trade deadline acquisition for them. And of course, it doesn't cost the Astros anything. What do you know of Gurriel? I don't know a ton myself. I just kind of know what I see on uh, on baseball reference from his numbers and what Eno's told me when we've discussed him. What do you think of Gurriel and, and what does this do for Bregman in your estimation? You know, I want to point out the fact that Jeff Luno follows both of us on Twitter, and I think he got tired of all the questions and said, fine, you guys are going to hammer my boys, Paul and Jason. I'm going to fix this problem. I so, uh, thank you, Jeff. We really appreciate that. Uh, you know, when you look at, I don't know much about uh, Guriel except that he's 32, mm-hmm. uh, advanced hitter, and a five year deal for an over 30 guy uh, is. Is the, I mean, this is the kind of deal that you wish you could sign. So if we were to take Guriel and put him in, in the U.S., let's say last year, and you were going to sign a 32-year-old third baseman uh, that's got uh, you know the, the comps that I've read are uh, Hanley Ramirez before he started sucking and David Wright before he started hurting. His numbers are you know, obscene. The, the 547 deal would be a would, would be a steal because even if he does fade off, it's still affordable. Yeah, this still works out. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I like about him. And then you know who it's going to hurt is somebody like AJ Reed and Evan Gaddis. They're, now they're going to be competing for playing time uh, at DH because you know, you can look at this and say uh, and Bregman is going to hurt Bregman too. And when you try to figure out, okay, maybe you go to left field, but then that starts cutting into somebody. It's a signing that that, that they couldn't ignore. And couldn't pass up. Uh-huh. Um, it's a nice depth to have, and you would think that this is this is going to point towards them acquiring something else. You know, it allows them. It, here's here's me being selfish. Oh, you want one of the Rays pitchers? I send along AJ Reed, please. There's no first baseman in, in, in the Rays system. Just bring the guy along. This you know, allows kind of to make an, a trade of somebody in their system, not necessarily Bregman, but perhaps Reed, um, and 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 say okay. We can now make some moves here, and we have a piece uh, of depth. That I don't think it'll be Gurriel. I think it'll be somebody else and probably a young guy. Uh, like you said, we're going to talk a little bit about your your raise here because they're going to be they could be big players in the market. But again, it doesn't affect the Pomerantz thing because that's an AL team, so it's going to affect NL teams. I think a lot more here. The, it, you know, you're not going to take Luis Felbert. I know everyone was ready to just put him on the bench. He's having a really strong season. He's got an 814 OPS, 12 bombs uh, over at third base. I think if anything, 
Valbuena would maybe move to first to clear a spot at third, but I don't think he's the one that's moving. So yeah, I think Reed, um, you know, he hasn't been great in 44 plate appearances. It is 44 plate appearances, so whatever. But I think he could get moved in a deal now, and they feel comfortable about the depth that they have. They just wanted to stockpile some more talent. Now I don't know. It, it, it's it's league dependent if you can even bid on on Guriel right now uh some leagues make you have him be on a uh, on a major league roster before you can touch him or anything like that but what are you doing with Guriel if he's up for bid let's start with AL and then we'll move to mixers well technically he is on a I mean, he's got a major well, yeah, league that, deal so he's on a contract true. but the thing is like uh, in the aforementioned league uh, he's not he wasn't in the CBS system yet. So our bidding was yesterday and I could not put a bid in on him uh, in that one. I'm curious to see how it's going to go, because, again, if you bid over 20, if you bid over 24, it becomes a guaranteed deal. Now, I don't want to I don't want to bid. I don't want to bid 25 and be locked into a two year deal with a guy. We have no clue what it's going <laughs> to be like, Exactly. you know, um, but the, again, the twenty dollar break fee is not that cost prohibitive either to say, forget it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, to you know, along those lines, but I would be I would be aggressive with their uh, with it as well because uh, he made it a week in the minors, 50 plate appearances is a week to 10 days. Mm-hmm. He's already, from what I understand, I believe he's already been assigned out, so this shouldn't take too long uh, for him to start coming up and making an impact. Uh, and uh, I, you know, again in both AL leagues, I need bats, and uh, that's why I had to ask commissioner if it was something I could do because I, I definitely want to get his, uh, get those numbers in my lineup in both AL tout and my local AL league. 40%. Uh, More? 50, 50%. 50. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to, again, I'm not waiting around. Well, you know, what bats do we know that are coming over to the AL? I mean, if we hear anything, yeah, a lot of what we hear seems to be a, a prospect or, uh, you know, I'm really ha- I'm trying to think of some of the AL, some of the names in the NL that I mean, we've heard the, the, that the, may go over. It just really hasn't been much. Yeah, the big names that could be moved seem to be being rumored in division or in, in, in league. Uh, Ryan Braun and Drew, Jay Bruce in the outfield keep getting right. rumored to, like, the Giants. And so that, that doesn't do anything uh, for us. I, I don't know teams that necessarily need offense. The one thing I could see... It, parlayed with kind of what we were talking about earlier with the with the breaking injury news you know like a jonathan lucroy maybe coming over to to cleveland that that could be something but i don't know that i'm i'm you know saving all my money for something like that that has no basis on it at all i'm completely making that up compared to guriel who's going to come up and could be ready to rake right away this is a guy who has been solid uh Mm -hmm. better than solid he's been excellent in 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 cuba so if he's ready to come over even if they take the translations down a little bit you're still talking about a high quality hitter for houston so i agree with you make make some um, aggressive moves there what about a mixer let's say 15 team where it where it is viable to go ahead and go after him what kind of budget would you put on that for guriel Probably twenty percent. Okay, I, I agree with that. I agree. With oh, that. hey, I get to make a sound effect. That what's the Do breaking it. news? That did Yeah, that one. The Nationals are calling up Reynaldo Lopez. That's a to the majors, according to Jesse Sanchez of MLB.com. He's going to start Tuesday. That's a big prospect. Nationals. Let's, let's talk about it. He was him. ranked forty-eighth. Uh, yeah, forty-eighth in the new Baseball America one hundred list that's a that's a big jump up because he uh, he's had an interesting path here right Re- now lopez this is washington nationals pitching prospect last year for baseball america he was 49th then coming into this year he was 92nd and now you said he's back up to 48th so they bumped him down but he's worked his way back up he's had a really nice showing this year double a triple a 
Uh, the skills have been really solid at double A, earned him the promotion. He's only been to triple A for a couple starts so far. Nothing to really go off of statistically. 22-year-old right-hander. They see they're 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 pitching rich because obviously they gave they gave uh, Giolito a look. I thought Austin Voth might be somebody who would get a call maybe even ahead of Lopez. So they must really like Lopez to go ahead and give him a look here. AJ Cole, by the way, his star has really dimmed. He continues to get passed over, so that that's not good uh, for his outlook. But I would still keep an eye on Austin Voth. 24-year-old uh, Lopez, an actual prospect, you know, legitimate prospect here, mm-hmm. ranked across all leagues, you know, all, or excuse me, across all outlets, top, probably top five or six on on Nat's lists at any given moment. We don't have a ton on him, of course. He hasn't he hasn't pitched in the majors, but this is an NL only play that I think I'd be interested in tonight if he was available. I would throw a few bucks on it. I would not go crazy. I don't necessarily think he's somebody who's automatically going to come up and crush it, but I do think that Reynaldo Lopez could come up, be solid. He's got a big fastball. That's that's his carrying pitch. Right. Nice curveball. I think the Kylie's ratings last year. Let me pull the. I think they he does have, have a cha- does have the changeup too. He's a three pitch. But the reports talk about uh, inconsistent strike throwing, yeah. uh, delivery concerns, you know, this, that. I guess the, the typical things of what you expect from hard-throwing guys. He had him um, as, a, uh, as a 55 value. Now, that was, that was last year uh, for Kylie McDaniel. Let me see what, what Dan Farnsworth had this year. Probably, probably similar because I don't think that he was really pushed down too much from that uh, Ray Lopez, Reynaldo Lopez, as, a, as kind of a 55 type. I do think he's going to be somebody that might take some time, but you never know. You just never know with the pitching prospects. You can catch that lightning in a bottle. So I would throw some I would I would throw some bucks on him. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, he's looking like a similar kind of deal here. Uh, where he already owned in my home league. Really? Wow. They're yeah. on it. That's that's impressive. That's impressive. Now, one thing that I did read from Farnsworth's uh, outlook this year was that if he he's one of these guys who, if he was in the bullpen, he could instantly be you know maybe a, a late inning guy. But of course, they're going to go with the starting route first. He is a smaller guy, a little bit uh, smaller, six feet, one eighty. Doesn't preclude you from success, but we know that there can be durability situations there where you know you're getting four or five inning starts initially instead of those those uh, six plus inning starts. So. I'm I'm intrigued by him. I would definitely throw a little something on him in NL onlys. In mixed leagues, it'd probably have to be pretty deep. We'd probably have to talk about a 20-team mixed league where I would desperately need pitching before I would take that look. Um, and at that point, you probably don't even have to throw too much. This is an NL play right now until we see what's what. Good breaking news, by the way. You have you haven't, hey, you haven't been I, I able to do to one do in a while. Yeah, I never get to do that. <laughs> Let's talk about some big demotions here. Um, if I told you that these two guys, even if you didn't like either of them coming into the year, I don't know that you would have necessarily thought that Shelby Miller and Billy Burns were going to be demoted. Shelby Miller had his haters for sure. I was not one of them. I was actually uh, a proponent. But even his biggest haters, I don't think, were saying, oh, he's going to get sent out. He's going to be so bad that he gets sent out. And frankly, if anyone predicted this kind of meltdown from him, then they, they I need the lotto numbers from him because this is a completely different guy seen at any point in his career he's just broken at this point so being sent out is not a surprise the surprise is just who he's been this year Shelby Miller with a 714 ERA 175 whip it's been an utter nightmare you had an interesting quote from Tony La Russa about this why don't you share that before we move on to uh to yeah Jay he's Burns. uh as I'm gonna see he told the uh Arizona Republic 
there's something that, and I don't know if this is really going to sound kind of yucky and and kind of mysterious, but there's an issue that came up. I'm reading this. This is this is a word for word quote. He told uh, Dan Bickley and uh, on a radio show. He said, "Believe me, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't anything dramatically character wise that was the problem. But there was something that came in, into the way that Shelby prepared for work." that worked against him and not for him. Um, and when I read that, I, I, I can sympathize with Shelby because that's what happens to me when I go to Taco Bell. I was going to say, so I you know, I know, what do I we know think? that's a problem, but yeah, it's so a taco. Maybe he's, maybe he's like going too much to in and out over there and, and, and Phoenix <laughs> or issue, uh, similar to like could be. what happened to, um, to Robinson Cano last year. We saw what that did to him. You know, if you, you got to shit five times in the middle of a start, I, I, that's not working out too well. And, like he, uh, it would match, it would match what he does every five days. Yeah, on the I mean, mound. so he, you know, he could just go do ahead. it out there. His stats look like that, so you might as well just go ahead and take care of your business out on the mound. You, you're 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 figuratively crapping all over the mound, so you, you might as well. But he did say, but again, believe me, it was not illegal. It wasn't anything dramatically character-wise that was a problem. So we're not we're not talking drugs, um, PEDs, right. or illicit. So that. Is is at least calming, but it, it, it leads down a path of some sort of, you know, uh, awful health situations or something like that. Something uh, awful, meaning like crapping your pants. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, the thing is, the thing is, I mean, crap is a great way to describe it because the trade was crap when it happened. It really it was. was great for Atlanta. It was bad for Arizona. It's only gotten worse for Arizona with the way he's pitched. The way that, the way he's looked when he's pitched, a lot of this was just it's just been terrible. It's been a nightmare uh, for him. Yeah, and I, there's not a, a lot of folks. I I remember you know this was one of his ten bold predictions that Shelby would be really good this year. That hasn't worked out. Not yeah, Eno's fault. By, I, 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 a lot of people were a lot of people were down on that, and it's just it's worked out that way. So. Um, it is what it is, and uh, obviously it allows you if you've if you've been trying to wait for that corner to turn, it's not going to turn. Nope. And uh, it is debate. what it is. I, I do have about on this is on air producing. I do have about six minutes left. Okay. Well, let's talk Billy Burns really quick because I don't think anybody saw this coming. They thought they were going to have a nice big stolen base asset this year, and it has just not played out that way. What do you think went wrong with Billy Burns? We just overhyped a guy who wasn't that good to begin with, or you think there's something more? I think that's it. I mean, he's, you can knock the bat out of his hands. That's really the issue that comes down for him. And the A's do all these weird types of things anyhow. Uh, I mean, I was reading something today that they're possibly considering DFA, DFAing uh, uh, Danny Valencia. It's what? like. Well, that's what well, Toronto yeah. did when he was dominating. So. They said it was the, the, there was uh, rumors about it being a clubhouse issue. Well, apparently that's happening again. But I saw something. Susan Slusser was, uh, had a piece, and it talked about uh, that they may have to uh, make room. Well, and they, they just could, trade him, though? You would think, but if ever, now if this is out there, then what are you going to do? I mean, <laughs> Toronto should have dealt last year. And uh, I, maybe they jobs. did. Maybe they maybe it was a claim. But, yeah, that's – that's especially the way he was playing this year. That's the thing. He's been even better this year. That, that's that's nuts. But I, th- I think you can cut Burns, move on. Um, he was so bad hitting that even if he comes back, I'm not you really want him. Coming back until September uh, at this point. Unless something happens, he's not back until September. I agree. I agree. Arodas Vizcaino goes to the DL, which probably tanks his trade value, at least at temporarily. Um, 
I don't think he would be traded in August, though. So I think it kind of completely tanks his, his value. Jim Johnson is probably the next up because they'll go to the proven guy. But you know, and I talked about Mauricio Cabrera, a guy who's pumping out 100-mile-per-hour pellets in his little seven-inning stint so far. We haven't seen a lot of results to go with it, but it is seven innings. I'm speculating on him over Jim Johnson, I think. What do you, what, what do you think there? I am too, because Jim Johnson should not be on this ball club in two weeks. Absolutely. I mean, Kylie, Kylie's job and everybody else there in, uh, uh, in that front office is needs that all those veterans need to be moved Let out. Let him get uh, a so, few saves, pump up his value, maybe just to move him for a, a, a C plus lottery ticket or something. Jim Johnson. But I, I will be, I would be disappointed if he is still on that well, club. We're, we're still beating that Mauricio Cabrera train, uh, ham, hammer that drum. God can't talk. Um, Go out and get him if you're specking for saves. I think that's the better long-term play, even if Jim Johnson gets a few saves in the next couple weeks. All right, we'll close that out, Jason, talking about your Rays. They're getting rumored with a lot of their pitching guys, pretty much everybody. I've even heard Archer kind of get mentioned in rumors. Who gets moved and where you think they might be going? Um, I th- Honestly, I think anybody is possible, except for Snell, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you look at Moore. Moore's got a deal locked in. It's not like he gets too expensive. And Moore's looked really good of late. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's doing a, a, a he's pitching more. Again. Well, he's pitching more to contact. He's not really trying to chase the strikeout. So I, I really wouldn't say that he's you know pit the the old uh, twins meme. But I, I would say that he's 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 trying to get outs. He's not trying to chase the strikeout any longer. Yeah. Um, and I think he was getting into trouble. If you go back and look at his whiffs per swing uh, over the last few outings, he, he piled a lot of them up on his fastball against the Astros and against the Orioles. But that's expected. But you look at this this last uh, outing against the Orioles. I'm sure they. I haven't looked at the exact numbers. I saw that he took a tough loss. But my guess is he didn't go with as many fastballs in his start because they were looking. You know, last time they're like, okay, he got a bunch of fastballs by us. Let's try something different. My guess is he went with the uh, with the breaking ball and the cutter and was getting a lot of weak contact. And then we gave up a home run uh, to I think Hardy on something that didn't get far enough inside. And so we lost. He lost two to one. Mm-hmm. Two run homer by Hardy was the was the uh, was the difference in the game. So he's looking good. Oda Rizzi got a win today and looked good. Uh, it had a first inning issue, but that's it. Was was rock solid the rest of the way. Would, Archer's would, been Archer. But they really trade Archer right now though on a, on, on a sell low. Do you think? Is he realistically no, going to get dealt? Against, unless there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know um, that's leading to this. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so because he's such uh, – he's a – when you look at all the good PR and the community work, it would be – you know, I would say a lot of people – if if they were going to trade him, this is a good way to use the mask. Be like, okay, he's, he's wasn't doing well. Let's do it. But if if you were to trade Archer this time last year, there would have been riots and maybe Tropicana gets burnt down. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, I, I could make the case for trading Longoria right now too, because last year we're looking at him and, oh, uh, you know, he's not doing well and he hits numbers twenty one and twenty two today. He's playing as good as ever right now. If they come out and say, hey, we're trading Longoria, do it. I don't get personally attached, and I've got a jersey of his. I don't get personally attached to players. I just I'm, I'm it looking. Makes the team better. Last thing I want to do is just hold on to guys. They they're still paying the price for that talent gap where they they screwed up the Posey thing. Yep. The next year they drafted two guys in the first round that didn't sign, uh, and the rest of the down draft sucked. In 2010 or 11, when they sat on all those picks, um, Blake Snell came out of that. But for the most part, they screwed that one up too. So there, there's that gap, that talent gap. And they have to they have to address it. This is why the team stinks right now is because of the injuries and all that. They didn't have the guys to go in there and replace it. So if you don't have those guys and, and the rest of the I mean, I like Willie Adamas. Thank you, Detroit, for sending him along. Shut up. Uh, 
but that's it. I mean, there's the, the he's coming up, but uh, there's no other outfield guy coming up immediately mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's going to have uh, that's going to have an impact. So they've got maybe one or two impact guys, and then from there they're going to have to they're going to have to get it done uh, via trade. Texas would be a great match with them. They still have a ton of talent there. I think those two teams will link up for something. Um, we're talking Rays, Rangers there. Obviously, we'll keep you abreast of that situation for sure as it develops. Jason, I'm going to let you go. I thought that was a good speed round there to finish it up. Great getting a chance to talk to you. Go get your flight taken care of. You and I will be back in a week probably with some deals to start talking about because they, you know, they won't all have been done. Obviously, we'll still be a week away. But I bet this week brings at least a couple of deals. I think we're going to start seeing them uh, start to trickle in. So hopefully we get some on the weekend for you and I to dissect. But otherwise, we'll figure out something nice. else to talk about. Uh, yeah it would be nice Jason have a good one and I'll talk to you later alright man take care